We are live. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. It's been two months. Sorry about that. Um, can't really go into every reason why, but there were a lot of reasons why. But I'm back with Nick. Say hi. I am back. We are back. We are very excited. Okay. Hope everybody had a great Christmas and New Year's. Christmas and New Year's. Um, February is next week, and it's 50 degrees outside in Pittsburgh. I know. It was crazy. I looked at my phone this morning. It said 60 degrees on my phone. I was like, (laughs) what? Yeah. Um, Last week, it was like minus 8 wind chill. Today, it's almost 60 degrees. Which is insane. I'm wearing shorts on January 26th, and I went outside. I have like 11,000 steps. Crazy. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, no. A lot. This is going to be a crazy episode because we are approaching. We're fastly approaching the trade deadline. Um, quite a lot of stuff has happened since the last two months. Um, it is a dog fight in the West, and the East is the East equally is as just, much of a dog fight. Yeah. So uh, what 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 has happened? Well, the Leafs suck now. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, they, they haven't they haven't been great. Yeah, but, it's been um, like bat off and on, say for the four game losing streak you had, like yeah, middle of January. But like speaking of streaks, I think we should open up with the um, with the third biggest winning streak of all time in NHL history. You mean kill me? Uh, like, the Edmonton Oilers on a fifteen game win streak. Uh, I think they won again. I think they won again last night against. I think it was Chicago. I believe. Uh, it was, yeah, it's against Chicago. Yeah. They won 3 nothing. They blanked them. Yeah. Goals came from, I think it was Warren Fogle had, or no, it was McDavid had two and Hyman had one. I was thinking of the the cracking one where Fogle had two. Oh, God, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, they're on a 15-game winning streak, <laughs> which is insane to think. The la- For reference, folks, the last time they lost, uh, they were on a three-game losing streak. They lost to the Islanders 3-1 um, at... I forget where do they play. Where do the Islanders play? I always forget their stadium name or their UBS Arena. Name. They play at UBS Arena, and they lost three one. Since then, they haven't lost since the nineteenth of December. Oh my gosh, I, I I remember when this winning streak first started. They were like, they were way out of the playoffs. They were I think like fifteen points out of a spot or something crazy like that. And now they're third. Just think of, in the Pacific with four games in hand. Forget all that. Just think about their record for a minute. Fifteen games ago, uh, game twenty nine, they were thirteen fifteen and one. Oh my gosh! They're now twenty eight fifteen and one, and have stormed into a third place spot in uh, the Pacific. No thanks to the Kings struggling, obviously, but yeah. I mean, um, they're the hottest team in hockey right now, and it's not close. It's really not. Like, of course, there are still, like, really good teams that have been consistently good. Like, the Canucks have been shockingly consistently good. Pardon the Discord notification. Um, <laughs> we love Discord notes. But, like, the Bruins are still the, Very good. the Bruins. And we have the Accursed Rangers. So, yeah. But even they are, like... Yeah, yeah, they're toss-ups. Like, everybody in the Metro's, like... This year, the Metro is like it's super weird. It's very competitive, but it's all just like it's competitive, yeah. and you have very ugly hockey. the The standings are so weird in the Metro because you have the Rangers and Hurricanes that are both plus seventeen. The Flyers, shout out to my mom, Flyers are a plus three, 
The Devils are minus four goal differential. The Islanders are minus 22. The Caps are minus 30. And in second to last in the Metro, the Pittsburgh Penguins are plus 12. And they're second to last. Yeah, That's I don't got anything for that. Kind one. of insane. Granted, they have games in hand. Like everyone else has played forty-seven games or more. The Penguins have played forty-four. Yeah, but so they have like if they win all their games in hand, like they're they're obviously higher than that because it's fifty-one points with fourth place in the yeah. Devils. The Penguins have forty-eight with like four games in hand. So it's they it's still, very weird. The Penguins are weird because story time with uh, Jimmy and Nick, um, along with our friend Harley. You mean pain and suffering? Last week, we went to see the Penguins and Kraken play in person. Kill me. It's... It's Baby's first time watching his team get blown out by the Penguins in Pittsburgh. <laughs> so for reference, folks, we we got we got tickets. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a little just mini rant here. Seeking uh, <laughs> charged me a hundred dollars of fees for three tickets. Yeah. So we have. So oh my god. We were sitting there like with student rush tickets, and like we weren't sure if like all three of us were gonna be able to go because stuff was coming and going during the day. Yes. But um. By the time we, like, were like, all right, we're going, this is, like, in a two-minute span. We go to click on, like, the get-go student rush tickets, and the Penguins website decided, let's crash. So we didn't get the tickets. Um, I don't yeah. even know if those tickets sold. They the, the crazy thing about student rush, folks, is that, like, if you don't have your information saved, I remember because um, my boy Liam, he's back for two He's back for two games. He's for for both the Panthers game tonight and the Canadians game uh, tomorrow because there's a bobblehead, I think, being distributed. They're playing the Habitant tomorrow? They are playing the Habitant tomorrow. And they're giving out a bobblehead, and I can't remember. I think it's Gensel, but I could be wrong. You mean person who's about to be traded? (laughs) It's either Gensel or Crosby. It's one of the two. But it's one of those two players. I think it's Gensel, if I had to guess. Um, But they're giving out a bobblehead for him. Uh, tomorrow, so him and his uh, dad went. I think it's him and his dad came up for the game, and it. So shout out to him. To but go tomorrow. it was yeah that game was painful for me, and for and the reason it hurts so much. Their last five games, they're one in four. And of course, the one, one win they, they have, win. they not only crapped on Seattle, they blanked us. I know. Ugh. It reminds me of when um. My girlfriend and I went to see the Penguins and the Leafs play back in November. Um, the Penguins had, like, a rough stretch where they hadn't won in, like, five games, and the first game they win is against the Leafs. So, Nick, if you decide to go see the Kraken in Pittsburgh again, they're going to get their butts kicked, and it's going to happen often because, for whatever reason, the Penguins suck against, like, this year at least, they've been... I don't. They haven't been like they. They don't suck, but they're not. They're inconsistent. Is the word I'm looking They'll for. They'll go and lose to the Caps, beat the Bruins, uh, lose to the Sabers, then beat the Flyers, and then beat the Canucks. And the, no, they lost the Canucks in OT in that game. But then, they got a point. Yeah, they got a point in that game. Kicked the crap out of my team, and then lost five two to the Coyotes. 
Oh, we can we can go into Let's that. Let's talk about um, that game because uh, they had the <laughs> worst. Was it that game? Yeah. It was that game. They had the worst own goal I've ever seen in my life. And I saw, if post, if you if you've seen this, there's the clip of Anton Kudobin for the Blackhawks serving the biggest cookie in the world <laughs> to, oh, God, was it Connor Sherry? It was Connor Sherry. It was Connor Sherry. Oh, my God. It was one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. And immediately, and I was like, nothing could top that. That is horrible. Or Karel Vimelka's just, here you go. I, <laughs> I forget. That? I think it was the Stars, I think. I think we were at um, the ballroom club that... Well, yeah, it was the spring ball. Sh- shameless, cl- shameless plug for the ballroom club at Duquesne. Yes, please stop by. Please. Stop by. We always uh-huh. we promote uh, collaboration at DSR here. But, yes. Um, anyways, but um, I remember we were we were taking a break during the during that spring social, and you had the Caps game pulled up. And we we turned it on at the exact right time because the puck was in the neutral zone and it got dumped in and it happened like literally ten seconds after you turned it on. Bro, it wasn't. Well, actually, no, it wasn't even that. I got an ESPN notification saying <laughs> worst own worst. It wasn't worst own goal. Horrible goal from like, Anton Q. Must see terrible pass or something like that. <laughs> It was like some crazy headline like that, and I think what makes this wild for me was that like if the reason it's we we talked about that is because in that Coyotes game, the Coyotes had a penalty, so the, the Penguins are going to get a power play. Yeah, well, it was going to be four on four because the Coyotes oh, were on, on the power play. Okay, yeah, yeah, they were on the power play, but they got a penalty, so Pittsburgh decided. To yank their goalie. Which normally happens, but you know, normally sense. happens when you're in the attacking zone. And they were not. There were two players in the defending zone. It was Latang and it was Malkin, wasn't it? Yeah. So, you can explain the rest, because this made my head hurt seeing this play. So, the Penguins were trying to break the puck out, like, and get into the Coyotes, uh, like, the Coyote zone. So... Chris Letang is met at the blue line by a Coyotes defender and does a drop pass back to Malkin. Malkin reaches out with his backhand with one hand, mishandles the puck, and it goes in the net. I've seen people blame Chris Letang. I've seen people blame Evgeny Malkin. And a couple of people blamed Tristan Jari online for some reason. He wasn't in the net. Of course they did. You know some people are going to do that. (laughs) I I know. I know. But the thing is, people are like, oh, it's Malkin's fault. Oh, it's Letang's fault. It's both of their fault because Letang knows there's an empty net behind him and did the drop pass towards his own net anyways. Malkin knows there's an empty net and decides to handle a pass one-handed on the backhand. Like, those are two gaffes where they are lucky Steve Dangle doesn't do Steve's dangits anymore because that would be running on repeat. That would have been the dangit of the year. I guarantee you. That would have been dangit of the year. It was so bad because what really bugs me is that through that entire play... Malkin made a giant mistake because I don't know what he was trying to do. <laughs> but for me, it's like more pressing on Chris Letang because in that entire moment, like when you know you're getting like a power, like they're going to get a penalty. Yeah. Worst case scenario, you throw it back to like the corner and like let it ring around like the, the back end. You yeah. You know what I'm talking about? And like if, oh, if they testify, okay, okay, you lose the attack. 
Why are you throwing it back in the direction of your net? I genuinely... Why? I accidentally hit the mic. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> but, um... It makes no sense to me. I don't know. I don't know why they did it. But, um... This is just, like, a small thing out of a much bigger issue for the Penguins. I don't think Mike Sullivan should be fired yet. Emphasis on yet. Because a lot of the Penguins' problems right now are with their power play. Because they went, like, a month and a half without scoring a power play goal. And then you go from about to have a four-on-four into a power play into scoring on yourself and the game's over. So, to me, I think the coach, Todd Reardon, who is in charge of the power play and the penalty kill, he needs to be fired. He's needed to be fired. Like, I think he's had a job for three years now. Yeah, he needed to be fired four years ago. And for reference, I did a quick look on stats. Um, The Penguins are in a three-way tie for second to last in power play goals in the entire league. Last place is the Caps, which is ironic because they're also... It's because Ovechkin's not scoring. It's because of... Trust me, I know that in my fancy. Yeah. Um, Yeah, they're not not scoring that much, and um, their team is big, old, and slow. And the Penguins, too. The Penguins are also big, old, and slow. So the, the Caps have 18, and then the Penguins have 19 tied with not gonna like this company the blues which well the stats are not are pretty deceiving the blues have not been that good this year no they haven't they got a little hot recently though but so maybe that turns it around but they've been really bad at points the blues also didn't buy in the off season no and they pretty much banked on robert thomas pavel buchnevich and jordan Cairo. just you know turning yeah. in this uh what sisphalis the guy, the guy who pushed the boulder. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, I know who you're Sisyph- talking about. Oh my god, I. Give me, give me one second. So yeah. yeah, so it's it's basically that meaning. So there was St. Louis, who has been just a kind of a mess this season, and Chicago. Oh my! Who was is literally one of the worst teams in hockey? That is bad company. That's horrible in. company. The Sharks, the San Jose Sharks, and the Columbus Blue Jackets have an extra goal on the power play. Than the Penguins. Oh. That's horrendous. Oh, my gosh. That is I beyond did, horrendous. I knew it was bad, but I didn't know it was that bad. If they, if the Caps were not there, they'd be one of the biggest laughing stocks in the Eastern Conference right now. And the Caps are ahead of them. Yeah, but I... Mm. Not for much longer, but no. they're ahead of them. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of, like, terrible plays, I think Darcy Kemper came out, like, all the way to the blue line to play a puck and gave I up a goal, too. Th- I think I saw that. That was funny, too. But they're so they're so doomed with Kemper at goal. They and they thought that was their biggest issue. So I could rent forever on the Caps. They're I, we we can talk about the Caps because I think I think both the Penguins and the Caps issues play hand in hand. Um, with the Penguins though, like they they're kind of screwed because you sent assets and are paying ten million dollars for Eric Carlson. That deal you made in the offseason, uh, that one's looking like a Kyle Dubas, we can and we will certain situation because uh, you can't have your power play be this bad and paying $10 million for Eric Carlson. You're also paying, I think it's like 8.9 for Chris Letang. I'll check that on Cap Friendly right now. I was gonna while say, you're going to say check Cap Friendly because I think he's like 7 or 8 million. 
So you have those two defensemen. You have Malkin, who you just signed to an extension, who mm-hmm. has been terrible this year. Wait, who are you looking at for price? Look at Chris Letang. Chris Letang, Chris Letang, Chris Letang. Six point one million and Eric Carlson's ten million. Oh my, oh gosh. my goodness, they're both there for another four years. Actually yeah. Letang's five. Letang's deal? I wouldn't have a problem with Letang's and deal. And Ryan Graves is getting four and a half million. Oh my, that's been a bad signing too. But like I wouldn't mind Letang's contract if they didn't take away the thing he was good at. Because Carlson took a spot on the power play on power play one. Yeah. That's what Latang did great at for the last couple of years. Like, he was great on the power play. He was great offensively. So you move him down a pairing, and you move him down a spot in the power play lineup. So he's not getting any looks on the power play. He's not getting a chance to boost confidence. And Carlson's not getting it done on mm. the power play, and he's been Eric Carlson defensively. And, and so, I th- And I think that's the issue here. You look at him. Like, if Carlson's not scoring, they, they got no identity on defense. I mean, they don't. Like, you have Carlson, Chris Letang, Ryan Graves, Marcus Pedersen, Pierre Olivier, P- Pierre Olivier, Olivier jo- Joseph. Olivier Joseph and Chad Ruedel. Ru- 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 the bald man. That's their defense. Yeah. That's terrible. None of those That's, guys. None except, of them work well together. Yeah. None of those guys except maybe Ryan Graves or big meanies. Like, like you can have skilled defensemen, but like you need, you need mean people on defense. It, but it feels like there's just no identity on their there's defense. There's not. It just feels like they brought in names and hoped to like would work out. Like between like all that bringing in Riley, well, Riley Smith, I actually think is a good move, you know, Bringing, I think it was. I think Lars Eller was decent. Noel Chari, um, Colin White, like just moves like that, keeping O'Connor. Like it just feels like they didn't like put an emphasis on like putting some form of an identity together on their team, and that really kind of rubs me the wrong way because it just feels like sometimes I've watched them play outside. I've watched them play on TV. Obviously, it was different in the the one game yeah. they won. Just kill me. Um, Half the time it just feels like, at least for me, sometimes it just looks like they're going through the motions every now and then. I agree. There's only, like, one player that isn't going through the motions from what I've seen. It's Crosby. I would say Raquel as well because he's been pretty He's been He's been okay. Um, and I can't believe, I, like, if you, if you would have caught me saying this a couple of years ago, I would have been like, you're insane. But if this continues, when do we have the Crosby conversation? Like of him getting out of Pittsburgh. Do we have that conversation at some point? Because I mean, here's the thing, and I'm gonna I'm gonna stress it with these points. Yeah, we've watched some greats leave their big teams to try and get a ring at the very end of their career. Um, I mean, there's two pretty easy examples I can name right off the gate, both from the sh- Sharks, Marlowe, yeah, and Thornton. Both Neither of which got rings. Unfortunately not. <laughs> uh, Marlo ended up with the Leafs for, like, what, one or two years? I was think it? it was three years. No, it was a three-year deal, but they got out of it, I remember. Uh, two years then, two years. I think it was two years. They yeah. trade them to the Carolina. I don't know. With the first-round pick. <laughs> Oof. Oof. 
And then Thornton just kind of went ring chasing around. Also ended up in Toronto for a little bit. Why did these people come to Toronto to get a ring? It's not happening. (laughs) Even Spezza, I mean, I would say he went ring chasing, but he left his team late in his career and went somewhere else. He went to the Stars at first. Um, Pavelski also in the same left late in his career. You know, there's a lot of guys who. And I'm not saying like ring chasing isn't like oh like the NBA where literally one guy will go to five different teams yeah. in five years yeah. and have like a one in five shot of getting a ring, which is sounds harsh, but it's true. Um, <laughs> but it's more like a player in the NHL will leave like at thirty between thirty three to thirty seven, yeah, and go with one team for like anywhere from two to five years. Yeah, I agree with that. And give it one last shot with their team. Maybe in the case of, like I said, Thornton or Mar- Marlowe, they'll go to a team for like a year and then come yeah. back or end it with the team they started or just end their career. And the other thing, like Jake Gensel's been in rumors for a since the start of the year, which since is kind of crazy because his contract is up this year, I think. He is. There is um, four guys up for UFAs. It's White. Jansen Harkins, uh, Carter, and Gensel. You can let all of them go except Gensel. Like, I think Gensel is going to be dealt at some point because I'd like this is just not working out. It's Ron Hextall. It's Ron Hextall accelerating the downfall. Kyle Dubas is doing his best to pick everything back up, but. There's nothing there. All those deals they signed the older guys. I'm like, sure, they deserve to finish their career in Pittsburgh if they wish. Like, they won three cups. They've been exceptional players. But at the same time, if you are trying to jumpstart a rebuild, imagine what you could get for some of the guys you have on your team. Yeah, I think at this point... You're stuck with Carlson. Like you did, he's you're Carlson, not him again. Carlson Gray is and uh, Latang. You're kind of all stuck with. Yeah, you're. I stuck hate to be harsh on Latang, but like, you, your that contract is bad. Yeah, and unmovable, and like I said, the city likes him too much. So, like, all three of those guys are stuck there for the next three years. Yeah, like you, those three are your top three defenders for the next three years, unless you can find some way to shave cap or find somebody you'd have to eat yeah. half the contract and probably give up a pick or two and like the it, penguins can't afford to eat that much cap right now no if this, they have aspirations to be a playoff team they they can't it's undoable and they have a very similar problem to the capitals right now where they have some guys that are playing good but you have guys like, I cannot believe I'm calling him out. I cannot believe I'm doing this. Alex Ovechkin. Bad. Terrible. He has eight goals eight in goals. 40 games. Uh, and he, didn't he score like 50 last year? He had like 51 goals, didn't he? 42 yeah, in 73 games. Yeah. He has been ma- terrible, and everyone around him <laughs> has been bad. And like... For reference, he is tied with Ovi for fourth with eight goals. So now he has 21 assists. Don't know how that happens. Um, Who's leading the Caps in goal scoring right now? Dylan Strome with 18. You're kidding. The next two after that are Anthony Mantha with 14. That contract is terrible. And it's a garbage contract, but they're desperate. and they, They overpaid and had to keep him. They traded Jacob Vrana. 
for they, him, they, who is not in the league anymore. But at yeah. the time, it's like, what are you doing? Trade. Yeah. Um, unless they knew about like, all the personal stuff he was going through. Which, yeah. Who knows? And then Tom Wilson was 12. And Tom Wilson's not Ooh. a guy who's going to go score you 40 goals in a Didn't season. Didn't they extend him to like some crazy number? Maybe one second while I pull up. I think they gave I him like a 7 by friendly. 7 or something. If they did, they are dumb. I think they gave him like a 7 by 7 and like... I don't know whose situation is worse. I honestly think the Penguins' situation is worse because of that trade with Eric Carlson. I think their situation is yeah. worse because they got something that they didn't need. Imagine what they could have used that $10 million for. It's, yeah. They're in long-term issues because they have a lot of guys extended for a long period yeah. of time. In which they're, I think the Caps are in a worse situation solely because... They just don't have much to work around. They don't. Versus the Penguins where you have stuff to work around, but you have very little flexibility. But the, the Caps issue. have all of their picks. They ha- they're they going to have cap space whenever stuff yeah, that's the issue, though, turns it's... out. And they can easily trade an Oshie or um, Anthony Mantha or Nick Dowd. They oh. have guys that people want. Oshie, if they're going to do it, they need to do it now. But for reference, the they only have two guys. Actually, no, they got three. Well, this is a draft pick, so yeah. ignore the one guy. Uh, Alia, Alex, Alexi, Protus, Alexi Protash. I think, yeah, yeah, Protus. Thank you for pronouncing the names. I'm still yeah. trying. Names are hard. <laughs> but NHL the names are hard. Only two guys who aren't extended past three years. Even Ovi's not on this list, by the way. They have two guys extended past three years. Oh boy, Dylan Strom, which is worth it because he's their best yeah. player easily, and Tom Wilson. I thought it was bad. I looked again. It's it's seven years, six and a half million dollars. Oh my gosh! His contract hasn't even started, by the way. The Wilson contract hasn't started. He still has one more year, making about I think it's five million. Oh boy, he's there for eight years. And Wilson's like a physical forward. Uh, that those declines are steep. The best way to compare it, if anybody outside of it is not a, like a diehard hockey fan. Think of it like... Power hitters in baseball. Yeah, like power <laughs> hitting first baseman in baseball. In like Honestly, in basketball, I would say like big, um, big tall centers. Yeah. They have very short shelf lives um, because once your physicality drops, your, 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 um, your benefit's useless in the, in the NBA. Or the NFL, it's, uh, it's offensive linemen. Yeah, that's true. The minute true. you start losing some of like your, your like core strength and like your chest and arms, you're done. Don't so talk that's to me about offensive linemen right now. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> don't talk to me about offensive linemen right now. I don't want to hear it. Pain. I don't want to hear it. Pain. Jason Kelsey. Uh, Pain. If you do retire, he, he's um, retired. I will miss you he, so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That being said, go Lions! <laughs> <laughs> but to all that to put back, like, that contract's going, going to end bad. It's going to end bad, and it's just, yes. it's not a matter of if it's when. So... That's why I'm a firm believer of, while the Penguins' contracts are putting them financially in a worse spot, they at least have a a good chance to get something right now yeah. and turn something around. The Caps don't. They have they a chance really to at least don't. compete. Who? The Penguins have a chance to compete. Yes. The, the Caps, Caps don't. don't. Like, they're paying uh, OV $9.5 million, and, they're, and, they're, and they should, obviously. I'm not going to disagree with the money. After that is uh, Kuznetsov. He has the second most... Uh, money on the forward side. How at many years does he have 7.8. How many years does he have left? Two. 
He's getting paid seven point eight million dollars. Yes. That's probably from. That's probably the Stanley Cup extension. And for if reference, I had to guess. nobody on their defense extended past three years. John Carlson's not extended. Nope. He has eight million for three more years, and he's done. Ooh, that's a piece that you could potentially move. They have him and Nick Jensen. For I know years. some teams that would like a John Carlson on their team. Or Nick Jensen. Yeah, Nick Jensen's uh, Nick Nick Jensen. I have a love hate relationship with him. He's kind of a liability defensively. So yeah, but he just put I, up a lot all of around. Make up for it, it makes for a weird. It, it, they're both in weird situations. Yes. And I think if they ever want to. If they want to try one more time and seriously compete, the Penguins, it's more of they got to retool and do it right, not like sell off one piece and say, hey, they're fine. Like that. Yeah. Like I saw that minor trade they made with the Wild. <laughs> oh, they're back. It's done. It's over. I remember. It's Will Butcher for it was oh, Will who Butcher. Was it? Will Butcher. <laughs> for oh. like a minor league, right? Oh, hang on a minute. I have to trade. Hang on a second. Penguins trade. That's. Ma- oh, Maxim. Good luck pronouncing that one. Maxim Kajevich. Maxim Kajevich for Will Butcher. It is over. The league is put on notice. The Penguins are back, baby. Yep. But, uh, but no. There's no direction. And I think that's what bugs me. Like, even though the Sabres and Senators have been bad, they had a direction. And the, while it's not working <laughs> this year, obviously, like, they're putting, like, plays plans in place to, like, try and move forward. Yeah. Versus, like, for me, it seems that, like, strike me as, like, directionless. Canadians still. I think they're still directionless. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about the Canadian or a player on the Canadians them, shortly. Caps, Penguins, Islanders. Are, like, yeah. the four teams on the eastern side that just strike me as, like, lost at sea. Honestly, Detroit's in there as well. They are in there. They're the yeah. five teams I look at. I'm like, they're not bad enough to go to the bottom of the league. Maybe the Canadians. But they're also but not good enough to make a, like, real threat towards no. the top. No, and that's that's the issue here. So it makes for a tough situation. Yeah, which one of those team, which one of uh, Ottawa or Buffalo are you more surprised at? That's not making a push like to be top three in their division. Buffalo, definitely because yeah, they played so strong that in the year. Senators I knew could have had some issues, especially when um. One of their top players in, left, yeah. Well, the Brinkett left because of all the drama that went around there, and Shane Pinto got suspended. <laughs> I was like, oh, God, this could be a tough year for them. But Buffalo is just like, they have a good team. They do. They're just not playing well. Like, that's their biggest issue. They're just not playing well. It's not a talent issue. I don't know what they have to do. Genuinely, I don't know what they have to do. Their goalies have been inconsistent, and they just haven't been able to get on a, like a run. They've they had a actually a solid. The Penguins do. They've had a solid January. It's been the yeah. one nice thing, but they played a lot of light opponents going into February. I yeah. mean, they're going to run into a lot of the Western Conference and Somewhere. a lot of decent teams. Of the Western yeah. Conference, which is going to make their lives harder. So for me, it's Buffalo, and it's mm-hmm. really disappointing because I actually had them finishing third. <laughs> oh, d- oh, I remember that. Yeah, I had them finishing third. <laughs> um, I had, if I remember the order of the teams, I think I did it as follows. I think I did, I, oh, God, I think I did Toronto, I think it was Boston. Florida. Oh, no, I did Toronto, Florida, Buffalo. Um, and then I think Boston was Boston. fourth for a wild yeah. card spot. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm in the same boat that you're in with the Sabres. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I'm in the same boat that... The Sabres kind of remind me of the Penguins right now 
Because they're not a bad team, but they can't string together like those four-game winning streaks, those like short five-game winning streaks. And then like when you are going to drop a game, extend it to overtime. Like the Leafs have been underperforming all year, but the reason why they are well, they're they're gonna be third in the Atlantic. But the reason why they're hanging in there after that like bad stretch is because when they lose games, they push it to overtime. When they get a six goals on 20-shot game, they extended it to overtime. So, like, that's what separates the good teams yeah. from the ones that, like, yeah, they're decent, but they're not breaking through. Like, those games, yeah. like, those one-point games are important. They and, are. And for reference, you guys have the second, or tied for the second least amount of losses. I know. Um, in the entire Eastern Conference with Florida at 14. Uh, and then there's Boston that still hasn't lost double-digit games this season. When does Boston go away? Never. When do they go away? They're never going When Marshan retires. They're not going to go away. They're going to find some... When Marshan retires, find, or they trade Boston. They're going to find Scott Boston, who puts up, like, 90 points and is the boogeyman of all boogeymen. <laughs> to go with, with the pasta, man. I know. It's Scott Boston's his name. It's just pay- <laughs> Scott Boston. Yes. <laughs> well, like, whatever. It's, it's painful. They're going to be hanging around for as long as possible. But um, speaking of the Atlantic Division... We got some uh, breaking news that I just saw on my phone. Um, Brendan Gallagher. All right, all right. Did you see the hit on Brendan Gallagher last night? No, I did not. I heard he got suspended, so but I knew I did not see the hit. I never looked on Twitter for it. Brendan Gallagher was doing a flyby on, I think it was, it, it was either Adam Pellick or Pollock. I don't remember which one it was. It was Pellick. It was Adam Pellick. It was Adam Pellick. So... Adam Pellick has the puck and he's carrying up the zone. Brendan Gallagher is, like, way shorter than him. Raises his elbow up over his own head and hits Adam Pellick, like, clean in the jaw and knocks him out. Oh, my God. So, d- did you read how many games he got suspended? Don't don't read it if you haven't. How many games do you think he should be suspended for that? Like, intentionally elbowing someone in the head. At least seven to nine, but... Like, seven, nine, or ten. He got five. You got five games. Yeah, five games. You want to bet? You want to bet on a different sport? Forty-two. You want to brain someone in the head? Nah, just five Two games. Five thousand dollars fine. Five. Ga- yeah, I'm shocked it wasn't <laughs> five grand. Like, oh, you naughty boy, slap on the wrist. Five thousand dollars. Like, George, I know you played for Montreal. I know you played for the Habs, but like. Maybe care about the players a little bit. The worst part is, if it wasn't for the fact the one person who ever called him out on it is a bad person who's gotten charged for trafficking. What? Yeah, Dolan. Or this is like rumors of. Oh! Yeah, I there's forgot! Rumors of, there's rumors of James Dolan getting charged with uh, se- uh, like sexual harassment or sexual assault and, like, um, and trafficking. Let me find oh, this. Oh, God. Why is there more than one on this episode? I hate people. <laughs> There's more than one of these stories on this episode? It's always rich people. <laughs> oh, my. There's, like, three that have happened in the span of, like, two weeks. Yeah, it's, it was sexual assault and trafficking, according to CBS Sports, uh, written by uh, Jasmine Wim- Wimbish. Can we just, Very like, good article, by the way, if you want to, if anyone I, wants to read it. Okay. So, 
we're gonna we're gonna put this dude below the jail, below the jail. But lock him up, throw the key into the Pacific Ocean, put Vince McMahon in there with him. <laughs> the reason both it, of them can rot. They're both very if very ugly people. You could find it online, but uh, it, it basically ties in the same thing of what I just said about Dolan. But what bugs me is that I think the league thinks they could get away with this stuff because the one person who called them out is a very bad individual on their own. If anybody is one to look look up James Dolan, just look him up with the Knicks and you'll understand everything in full. He he hasn't done this to the Rangers, surprisingly. It, it's like Pagula with um, the Bills. It's like... It's, David Tepper just ruins both the teams he That's has. like the Zodiac Killer calling out the Unabomber. Like, you've done a bad thing. How could you? <laughs> like, what? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> like, come but, on. But it's so frustrating because, like, as the, that's what we're talking about. We're laughing at this stuff. But as a result, that's the only person who's actually called out George Barrows for being bad at his job besides, like, all of us, like, as fans. No other owner, like, anyone in hockey calls him out. So as a result, like, it, it, this stuff continues to happen. And I would get mad and frustrated about it, but I've watched enough of Steve's videos to, like, represent this issue. If the players don't come out and openly say, like, this needs to change. Like, we need to be getting fined more, getting suspended more. So, you know, we're not getting brain damage from getting elbows to the head. Then nothing's going to change. It's and, like, never going to change. It's frustrating as fans to see that. Nobody wants to see people get hurt. Like, I will always reference back to this, the, the Colorado Avalanche uh, Seattle Kraken series. There were two nasty hits, one on each end. Yeah. And the, di- the outcomes for both were completely different. I know. Because um, what, Everly got suspended? Everly got suspended because he straight up brain Cogliano into, like, the, the yeah. side. And he deserved to get suspended for that. That was a horrible hit. Yep. And I don't know if Cogliano's played since then. I don't think he has. He has not. Like, that was almost a life-threatening injury. And he got, like, two games in the yep. whole season. Two games. He should have gotten more. Slap on the but wrist, the fact games. is, he should have gotten suspended. Versus Jared McCann catching a brutal injury from Kale McCarr. Nothing. Yep. Well, they let him Kel come McCarr, back early. It's because Kel McCarr is a superstar. You can't, you can't suspend the superstars. What are you talking about? I saw a video the other night of Connor McDavid giving, I think it was Yanni Gord, like eight cross checks to the yes. neck, and yes. there was like no penalty or suspension. Nothing. And Nothing. Yanni Gord shoves McDavid, whistle interference. Like, come on! Because it's Yanni Gord, and he does this all the time. It's the same thing with Nazem Kadri. It's the same thing with Michael Bunting. It's the same thing with all these players. I know. It's always been like that for them. Yanni Gord is our is Seattle's player of having this issue happen to us 24-7. Yeah. And it's it makes me want to rip my hair out. That's why I'm so angry the Oilers are on a 15-game winning streak right now. Because I was laughing at them all the way to the bank after they fired their coach. And now they're I, good, and now I hate life. I was so happy. I was so happy when they lost to the Sharks in the toilet bowl. What oh, happened? Oh, my God. Yes. What happened? Um, McDavid became McDavid. Their depth finally started doing something. Calvin Pickard is apparently decent for them. Like, mm. you know, that you had that in your bingo card, Oilers no, fans. No, I didn't. The answer is no, you didn't. I also didn't have Ilya Samsonov turning into a pumpkin, striking midnight, and then we were granted three more wishes, and we're like, uh, please, can we have him back? And <laughs> yeah, they're like, yeah, sure, why let's not? Go, let's go to the least skill sending problem because <laughs> I feel like that's been like the biggest thing holding you guys back, and it's not even. Been close. It's that, and it's the defensive structure, and it's um, Brad Treliving built the team to have like an edge to them, but when it 
oh, I'm not saying that. All right, but when it came time to Wait. defend, oh. <laughs> <when it> came, <laughs> this is a PG show. Or, well, Sometimes. not really, Sometimes. but oh, uh, when it <laughs> when it go. came time to actually start uh, defending, they're like. Um, what if we didn't? What if we didn't do that? <laughs> did not. Yeah. Oh, God. So they signed John Klingberg, and then they're like, you know what? Let's replace him with Simone Benoit, who's actually been really good, by the way. Yes. But Shout out to him. He's been amazing. They had this vision of like, yeah, we're going to be sound defensively. We're going to be great in front of our own net. It's going to be awesome. We're going to have Ryan Reeves beat people up. It's going to be great. And uh, they give a ton of chances in front of their own net. And uh, Samsonov uh, last month couldn't make a save his life dependent on it. But hey, he's good now. Hey, quick question on Reeves. Didn't he get sent down for Noah Gregor or someone else? Yeah. <laughs> he's back up now because Yankrock's hurt. Yeah. But, oh, that's funny right there. How long do you have him for? What, Ryan Reeves? Yeah, three years. Three years? At like three point one five million or something crazy like that. No, I don't think it's like anything insane. I think it's like three million a year. Is it really? Or or it might be a lot. I don't know. I think it's three million I a year. This is only like his contract was either worth three and a half million or it's three million a year. I think it's three million total. Then all right, then maybe. For th- but it's three years. Then maybe. Wait. But uh, no, when the best no, uh, goalie on your roster with Joseph Wolhert was uh, Martin Jones for a solid month and a half, and they won games with him. Hey, uh, Seattle, I can attest that just it just happens. There's no explanation to it because he's not good. It just happens. He must bring some really good energy to the locker room. I think he does. He I has think to. he. I think he has this this thing about him where it's like I'm gonna let in. All of the goals. But don't worry. You guys are going to score one more than them, and you're going to win. And I will pull out at least two dumb saves that I shouldn't make. I know. Joseph Wall's been out for, like, two months. Yeah. And, for, um, for reference for Ryan Reese, by the way, it's $1.35 million for three years. Oh, all right. It's well, just the three years well, that's a, is that's, the issue because he's 37. That, 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 uh, that makes me feel not better, as maybe. Probably not. It's not the money is the term. <laughs> oh, the other thing. Um, remember how it was the core four? It's the core five now. Riley. William Nylander gets eleven and a half million for eight years. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> you guys are gonna go bankrupt. We're not gonna go bankrupt. We're not gonna be able to afford a coach. It's basically gonna be all right. Austin, Willie. Mitch, Fine. if you're still here, John, if you take a pay cut, Morgan, go do things. <laughs> go win us games. Go win a cup, please, before um, I go mentally insane. I think that's it. <laughs> uh, I remember watching the uh, Leafs and Blue Jackets game with my mom back in December. Oh, is it the one with... It's the one with six goals on, like, 24 shots or something crazy like that. <laughs> and my mom's like, weren't you guys, like, supposed to be good? And I was like, yeah, but we don't have a goalie. So, no, we're not good. Yeah. Fighting that game right now. Goaltending's important. It's important, but, uh, you know, we don't have any. So, naturally, we'll beat someone that we shouldn't in the first round, and then the second round so, we'll get torched by Boston or something. I found the game. Yeah, it happened to him twice, actually, against the Blue Jackets. They lost in OT 6-5 two different times. 
I know they did. And they dropped both games against Chicago. <laughs> they wanted nine goals against the Sabres. Uh, I think that was... Yeah, they did lose that like was nine That off in the Jones game. <laughs> so right after that game... They play Blue Jackets win. They lose the Senators. They didn't bring in Samsonov after. I don't think he played either of those games after. Like no, after the he got sent down after that. He comes back up for the Blue Jackets game. He or no, I meant in between the the nine. He got pump. sent down for that too. Yes, I thought he just got benched. He got sent down for a conditioning stint, aka he practiced oh, with the Marlies. Yeah. Came back up in time for that game. And for reference. He, uh, he let in six goals <laughs> on 21 shots, <laughs> made 15 saves, uh, and had a 7-14 save percentage. I've never seen a 7-14 in a game. <laughs> I've never seen like, a 7 finished the game with a 7-14. I, no, I've seen a 600 save percentage. It, it was, was as charm. bad as like a .42 at one point. <laughs> it was really bad. Really bad. <laughs> it was bad. It was bad. But oh no, he's playing goodness. well now. So uh, crisis really? averted. Yeah, he had uh, one goal showing against I think it was Calgary, and then a shutout against um, who did they play the other night? Oh, the Jets. One nothing. No, it wasn't <laughs> Tiago. No, it but... wasn't Calgary. Oh, it was Seattle. Yeah, sorry. Of about course that. it was because we only lo- we only put on seventy shots, dude. I'm up big against uh, teams my that my friends like. We beat the Kraken, life. which is yours. We beat the Jets, which is my friend Tiago and my high school teachers teams. Yeah, no. And then it's you fine. glitched your meme on Instagram. It, okay, that was not my fault. The Leafs <laughs> posted the score backwards. It was one nothing Leafs, and they posted zero to one Jets. It was backwards. I had to fix it. I'm sorry I didn't get the cat meme out. All right. They, sorry. They messed up the finishing graphics? Yes, they messed up the finishing graphics. Everyone's like, uh, we up? won the game. How do you miss that? That's funny. Um, but no, it's... At least for you guys, you're in a relatively good spot. I think you'll yes. finish ahead of the Lightning. Now, whether you finish ahead of Florida or not is... We won't. We'll, we play, Flo- we'll play Florida on the road. But, like, hey, they've been a really good road team this year. So, hey... Maybe we'll beat Florida. At least your team is interesting in a playoff spot. Oh. At least your team's going to make the in a playoff spot. Maybe they'll win their second series since 2004. Oh, <laughs> so scary. Hey, then you'll have more wins than the crack. <laughs> you guys have been a team for three years. <laughs> Give something positive. <laughs> oh yeah, we we're we're more successful than the Kraken, even though we've been around since like the night night like since nineteen seventeen or something. Yeah, more successful than the Kraken. We only had a hundred year head start. That's funny. And we've still won as many cups as you guys have since the uh, initial expansion era. Hooray! Freaking Vegas has won in six years. Vegas is more successful than the Leafs have been since 1967. Think about that. Think about that for a second. The Vegas Golden Knights weren't a thought for like 40 years. Was Vegas? When was the city of Las Vegas founded? (laughs) Hang on a second. I want to say 19... 30s? When was the city founded? I want to say 1930s. Las Vegas er- established 19- as a town in 1905. It's been that long. So the Leafs have been a franchise. 
The Vegas the, is 12 the city of Las Vegas is 12 years older than the Leafs. Uh, uh, hang on a second. So they're 1905 cuz they I think they changed their name in 1917. Okay, they were founded in 1917. All right. Okay, that makes a little more sense. Okay. So, yeah. So, Vegas itself is 12 years older than the Toronto Maple Leafs are. That's funny. <laughs> and they've won more cups than we have since 1967. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think I'm done. No, I'm You're just dying inside. No, we still have topics to cover. We, like, uh, like as much as I don't want to talk sad. about the one, but... Like, my team making me sad. Actually, let's go over the... Uh, Let's go over the elephant in the room, and then we'll end uh, up with positive now. Do you want it to... Uh, let's talk about your team first, because I want to talk about the elephant in the room, and then positive story after, okay. so we don't end on the... Fair. The, the, the bad thing. So I guess to wrap up the talking around the, the league, is my team, the Seattle Kraken, are just finding every way to break my heart immensely. This season's been painful, like beyond painful, and I mean, I guess the start is the nine overtime losses. Yeah, that yeah. one sucks. Um, we're twenty eighteen and nine, so it's not like we're playing awful, but we're not playing great. They they finished up with a nine. They had a nine game win streak running into Pittsburgh. Yep. They get blanked. They get blanked, and then proceeded to go on an zero and four run with that game included. Losing, they've been all tough games. Yeah. I will say that it was Penguins, Rangers, Oilers, all on the road, and then Maple Leafs at home. Which, that one sucked. That, that one made that, that one made me mad. Hard. That one made me mad because like we were at home and I thought we were gonna play better than you know only getting seventeen shots off on Samsonov. You ran into the goat, Ilya Samsonov, baby. Oh, Let's go. And then luckily they bounced back. And on Wednesday, and they beat the Blackhawks, and they beat them bad. They beat them 6-2. They kicked the crap out yeah, of them. I know. That at least made me feel a little bit better. But this has been my problem with watching Seattle all season, is that they'll get the occasional really big win. But it's been every game they've needed to win, they've won. Every, every game that they've been projected to lose, they've almost always went and yeah. lost. And this goes to the two biggest issues I've had on this team. There's no star power running through this team. There is none. And the star power and that you do have running through it is injured. It's injured and, well... Matt Beneers being the uh, Beneers is biggest back. one. Yeah, but he was out for, like, I yeah, think he's four been out of those for games. Bit, but he's just struggled has been yeah. the other thing. He's just not been that good this year. Sophomore slump. Yeah, he's been in a slump. Cartier's been okay. Um, and then the other thing, they didn't bring anything that really brought, like, brought any help like no. Devin Shore is literally a ghost that man is useless beyond belief Pierre Edward Belmar was okay at points and now he's been hurt for a while Burakovsky's still off and on but he's you know back but he's not been good yeah since coming back he has one goal in 16 games Ooh. he's been Ooh. terrible and you know all these and then the defense, the defense, the defense. Oh my God, where where do I begin with you this? Because it's been Penguins painful. legend Brian Dumoulin. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, Dumoulin is very bad. Uh, yes, he was horrible he was in the awful. game that we saw. He was so bad. 
He was so bad in that Penguins game. He's been bad. Riker Evans has been... Oh, my goodness. Yeah, he's but he's horrible. a call-up, isn't he? He just should not be there right now. Yeah, he's replacing Vince Dunn, because isn't he still no, out? No, he's back now. Oh. But they still are rolling seven defensemen. Oh. For some reason. They're running 11 forward, 70. And then to make matters worse... Their best player is probably out for a few games. Well, one of their best players recently in LV Tolvanen is going to be out for a few games, from what I've heard, um, with, you know, a nice undisclosed injury, he thinks. Um, he's out. Jane Schwartz is still hurt. Like, it's frustrating. And it feels like there just is no... There's no star power. There's no real big names, like, running through this team. They don't have that guy. Like, every team that's sitting around a playoff spot right now the Kings, the Predators, the Blues, the Coyotes, the Oilers, the Stars. They all have those guys that run out and, like, they have one or two, or in some cases, like, the Stars, I think they have, like, three or four yeah. guys that can run out and get a, a point a game. Yeah. Seattle does not have that. They don't. They don't have a single guy like that. Even the Blues have that with Robert Thomas. The the, the Coyotes have that. They're not a good organization. If it's Alex Kerfoot, I'm going to It's Clayton Keller, obviously. Okay. It's Clayton Keller. And... You know, the Predators have two. They have Ryan O'Reilly. Actually, I think they have three. They have O'Reilly. Um, let me find the names. It was O'Reilly, Forsberg, and Yossi. They have f- three different guys who are near a point a game. And at this point, it makes it frustrating because Seattle does not have anything close to that. The highest number of points they have on their entire team is a two-way tie between Bjorkstrand and Vince Dunn at 36. Ooh. That's low. Ooh. And it's yeah. not bad because they have a lot of guys that have 20. They have a lot of guys yeah. who have, like, 20 points, like 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 19 or 15. Like, they have a lot of guys who have produced, but they have nobody that runs out there and consistently can be that big X factor during yeah. the game. No McCann one on that top end. and Dunn are, like, the closest two, and they're not those guys. They're great, like, secondary pieces, but they are not the guys who are going to run you into like a a spot. Baneers are supposed to be that, and he's just had a he's had a rough year, yeah. and he's had injuries, and he just had in, like underperformance. Everly was supposed to be that. He's been terrible this year, so I don't really know what Seattle. Everybody's been whining about the goaltending. The goaltending is an issue. Don't get it twisted. Yeah, because Grubauer. Once you guys start to develop a like. Once you guys start to develop, like, an actual system underneath of you, like, for goaltending, it'll get a lot better. Because, like, you guys haven't sun. been around. Yeah. Like, you guys haven't been around for that long, so, like, your system will get, like, much more dense yeah. than it is now. Because, like, right now what you guys are running into is you've been around for three drafts, so you only have a certain amount of pool of guys you can pick up from and get them into experience. And the but, one thing I will say I give them a lot of credit for is that unlike Vegas, well... I, I don't know how much this is a compliment or not for us. They haven't been in a rush to throw away all the guys they brought in. Yeah. Where Vegas, and it's a double-edged sword on this because Vegas actually did a good job taking a lot of their bad players and flipping them and getting, like, really good guys. Like, the best example I can give, James Neal, they took that. Well, actually, no, they, or no he just walked after that season and went to, um, oh, my God. He went to the Flames and played like garbage after that. But, you know, they had that, they cleared up that spot and didn't sign him that crazy contract like the Flames did and had the money to bring in other guys like Max Pacioretty and Alec Petrangelo and Alec Martinez and all these other guys. 
Yeah. So I think they've done a good job. They haven't run out the bank to, like, bankrupt themselves outside of giving Vince Dunn and Jarrett McCann extensions, which, like I said, fantastic moves. Yeah. I hope they follow suit with Tolvanen and Bjorkstrand because I think those are two guys that are going to be long-term impact players for them. But after that, it's like everybody else is just, you know, replaceable. Yeah. And it sucks saying that because, like I said, it's a business. And nobody – it's a business and it involves people. But at the end of the day, Seattle is in just a tough position where – they don't have anything that's bending the needle outside of, like, their great structure, which credit to Dave Haxall yeah. for. He's done a very good job with everything. But it's, like, it's going to catch up with them sooner or later. They have a big game tonight against St. Louis. That's, they that's have to win that game if win. they want to ha- have any hope of saving their year. Yeah. Because the, they are – the Blues are playing on, with momentum right now. I think they are on a five, three-game win streak right now. And a lot of the the West has been struggling outside of the Blues, and um, and the Oilers. Everybody else has been terrible in the West. So if they had any hope of getting themselves back in this year, it's now or never at this yes, point. Yes, it is. Like with I the agree. deadline coming up. So. I agree. I don't know what you guys are gonna do, but and that's the bit that worries me the most. Yeah, is that I feel like. They're gonna just sit there and do nothing. I don't think you guys sell, but like at the same time, like I, I just don't think know they're gonna do nothing like last deadline. Buy. Yeah, all they did was bring in Jacob Magna last yeah. off season, which granted, Chitrin and Klingberg did not pan out long term. But I don't know. I don't know. Well, I'm just gonna have to sit and be patient. It's like I said, this is why. Even though I'm a big sports major, it's reason I don't work in front house office business. Yep. Because it is one of the toughest things you have to do. So I agree. I'll sit patient and hope what hope that they'll right the ship, and hopefully it starts tonight with St. Louis. I agree with that. Okay, you you can tell it's getting somber because um, there is a big stinky elephant in the room. That's um, going to dump all over the joys of the NHL. We're going to cover this more than the actual National Hockey League is intending to cover this right now, but, you know. Yeah, like, um, I guess for reference, the reason people are going wild about this is that the situation is very bad and the NHL didn't address it. So, and we, I just want to s- preface this with um, a point where instead of talking about this issue, which Jimmy will do a very good job of explaining, uh, they put out a post on their PR page talking about the expansion franchise Dude. in Salt Lake City when this was all going on. It was 30 minutes after this report came out. Yep. It was thir- Now, granted, we've known that something happened with the... What year was this? 2018? It was 2018. And before we get like any deeper into this conversation... Um, Viewer or listener discretion is advised. Um, yes. This topic is um, it's covering topics of uh, sexual assault. So if you guys want to skip ahead in this show, I will leave a timestamp in the description of this show so you guys can skip past it. Yes. Um, please protect yourselves before we get into this topic. If you guys need help and need to reach the sexual assault hotline, their phone number is 
four six seven three that I hope you guys I hope you guys never need to use this resource, but yeah. if you do, please feel free and get in touch with them and they will give you the proper steps to move forward. So well said. with that being said, the twenty eighteen World Junior Hockey Championship Canadian team. Now, we've known for a little while that there were five players who are currently or one was formerly in the NHL. Now, we don't know if any of the five are guilty yet. This is all alleged. So before we get into this, like all of the stuff is alleged. Yeah, nothing has been confirmed yet as of right Nothing's now. confirmed. There hasn't the court case hasn't gone through. We don't know any evidence yet. All we know is from the deposition itself. Mm-hmm. So there were five members of the 2018 Canadian World Juniors team that participated in the gang assaulting of a female, I will refer to her as Jane Doe. Um, Jane Doe um, has had a graphic description of the situation. If you guys want to seek out that description, you may. Um, So the reason why this is getting a lot of attention is because the London, Ontario Police Department recalled the five players to report back to the police station in London and face charges for sexual assault. And if they don't, they will be charged with evasion. So we have that, that came out, I believe Tuesday, Tuesday morning. Yes. So we have that. And then a couple of days prior, there were a couple of players and, I will be naming the players. Yes. But keep in mind, this is all alleged. We don't know if they... The the timing is suspicious. We don't know why they took the leave of absences, but you can kind of reason why it's a little suspicious. Like, we don't know for certain that they're all involved, Yes, but they all have the common denominator of they all played for the 2018 World Junior Team. And I'm going to give a quick heads up for people who... If you do want to, if this is something that you want to look a little deeper into, there's a lot of information that's been going around about this, especially because we always know people are going to throw out wrong names, wrong information. You know, everybody yes. wants to do that for your fame. There's a person I highly recommend. Um, she covers in the uh, the Athletic. Yep. Her name is Katie Strang. I've met her. Um, she does fantastic investigative journalism in sports. She has covered a number of really hard hitting, very scary topics in sports news and she's about as reliable as it gets so if you ever like if you want to find more information on this the athletic is like the go-to the deals are cheap it's a very reliable site and she gives unbelievably strong quality information um the other one who is working close with her his name is rick westhead he works for tsn um he is not afraid to cover topics like this as well He broke the news of the Chicago Blackhawks situation with Kyle Beach back in 2010. So if you guys are looking to seek out more information, those two sources are the most reliable that we have right now. So if you guys are seeking out this information, please consider looking at both of their stories with this. Both of them are the most accurate so far. It's what we know. You guys aren't going to get any biased take or like any like straight up admission of guilt. Yes. So... The five players that took a leave of absence are as follows. 
Um, Carter Hart, who is the goaltender of the Philadelphia Flyers. Dylan Dubé, who is a... I think he is a forward. A, a forward, forward for the Flames. Forward for the Calgary Flames. We have Alex Formanton, who was in the Senators organization but does not play there at the moment. We have Michael McLeod, who is a member of the New Jersey Devils. And we also have... Oh, who else was it? It That's was bad. Cal Foot. Cal Foot. Cal Foot. I, defender for I the didn't New remember Devils. if it was Cal or Nolan, but it's Cal. It's Cal Foot who also plays for the New Jersey Devils. Now, the timing of this is—it doesn't look good, but I'm not going to speculate on whether or not that is the reason. My main gripe right now is the NHL laid a... They had an initial statement back when all of this information came out, but there has been no update on their internal investigation. There's been no update on why players have been taking leave absences. Like, they've all been saying to every NHL club, this is what you can say about it. Leave it to the police. Um, Don't give any updates, which... From a PR standpoint, I get it, but the NHL has a responsibility to let their fans know what's going on because hockey doesn't exactly have the best image, especially from the Chicago Blackhawks incident that happened a couple of years ago. Like, Yeah, they could run out a few incidents. There was that there's one. There's a lot. There was Unfortunately. the whole thing with the Chuchkin during the playoffs Yeah, Seattle when he, when he was in Seattle. <laughs> Yeah, that was last year. Yeah, it was during the playoffs. And it was, and there's been a few other cases of it. And I think the uh, situation is just tough. And like I said, I'm not going to yeah. throw out any judgment. It is the only thing I will say is that it's a little weird that, at least from right now, we haven't heard anybody else take a leave of absence. No, there's only been those five. There's been those five. Well, in like a long period of time. Yeah, there was no one like really beforehand, and then there was Z five, and then there hasn't been one since. Nope. For anything else. So, and these five came within the span of, at least from what I remember, two days. It was like two yeah. days that these, like within 48 hours, these five got all decided to say, and it, it was all the same statement. So all carbon copy statements for basically each saying that they were all taking them. personal leaves of absence for an extended period of time, and there's no, there's going to be no update until further yep. notice. Clubs will have no further comment. Yes. Yeah. And that's. That that was the only thing I kind of when I when I was looking into this I was like this is weird why like blanket statement for everyone and I get yeah. it I know in sports like when issues go on usually you will have a template for it but I've watched enough football baseball and basketball issues to know when there is issues every team handles it differently and every team has a statement that like mirrors like how the organization kind of yeah. says and that's what's bugging me here and I'm not going to talk about the players because that all is up for interpretation right now for people and there's an investigation yeah, all this stuff like we're not going to talk what about the players bugs anymore. me is that the message is literally it, it's almost like if they is if one nhl pr professional mm-hmm. or maybe like three or i'll say like i'll say three because they're a big franchise i'll say three pr professionals mixed with like one or two lawyers <clears throat> crafted together one statement one statement like a one-page document maybe a two-page document and it's like they emailed it throughout the entire league. Yep. That if something goes wrong, 
state this. If there's injuries, state this. If there's something bad going on within the organization itself, state this. I and agree. It feels. I guess the best way to describe it is that it's it's generic. It's really generic because yeah. it doesn't truthfully let you see what's going on. And I think that's the issue for me. Is like like I said in other sports, is like. You you notice the issues when it's how the owners handle yeah. situations. That's more of an organizational issue when things aren't getting taken care of. But hockey's had an issue with a lot of differing things. Yeah. It all ties in back with how the NHL handles things. It's not something that owners usually go about and respond. No. Like Even in the case of the Blackhawks situation, it wasn't like the Blackhawks were going to take care of it. It got called out. And the NHL had to dig into it. Yeah. And they had a personal, like a like a generic statement crafted up about investigating and stuff like that. And I do give credit to the, I forget the guy who owns the Blackhawks, who was like pretty forward about it. And that was like the first time I felt like something pretty genuine Yeah, but about then it. like a month later, he's like, we're done, we're moved on, yeah, stop talking about this. this. Yeah, that response yeah. was bad. But, and that's, I think, my problem here is that everything comes off really generic. Yeah. And there's really little like, attention to, like, deal with the issues that are being handed. And, like, comparing to other sports, like, think about the NBA. Um, you remember the um, the allegations that Josh Giddy had back in oh, Thanksgiving. Back, like, Thanksgiving, right? Yeah. You immediately, like, the day after, because it was a holiday, the day after you had Adam Silver himself giving a statement on it. Yeah. Yet Adam Silver himself, it wasn't a graphic on the NBA's Twitter account. Adam Silver in a press conference sat down, said this is the league's plan of action. There they will have no further comment on this time. The NHL is allergic to doing that. They're just like, yeah, leave of absence, but the NHL hasn't given fans or media any contingency plan on what they're going to do. Whether or not, like, what teams are going to be able to do if, like, I'm not saying the players we mentioned earlier, like, all of them are concrete, like, a part of this. Even if one is. Yeah. Like, just say if one is. We don't know, like, how contracts are going to be dealt with. We don't know what the league is going to do about this. Like, if prison time becomes a thing, we don't know what they're going to do in terms of, like, if they serve their sentence, are they going to be allowed back in? Is there a ban? Is there anything? Yeah. We don't know. And the only sport that I could actually compare this to is the NFL, is the NFL, because they don't have an issue in terms of PR. They just have an issue in terms of HR and actually handling the issue. Yes. Because certain times we'll get, like, one or, like, year-long bans or, you yeah. know, Alvin Kamara will beat the crap out of a guy and should be in jail. Um, yeah. He, he got, I think, three games. Four. Four games. My bad. You know. Deshaun Watson got, like, what, eight? Nothing. Nothing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He got eight games and yep. should be Eight games should jail. have been out of the league entirely, but eight games, and he's still allowed to throw a football for Cleveland. So. I think that's, I think that's the biggest punishment Cleveland fans should deserve. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that's that's the biggest punishment they have. Maybe they knew what they were doing anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but no, in all seriousness, though, it's like if there is an issue in the case of this, and like I said, it's – and that's why I love how you brought up the NBA as a great example because you brought up Josh Giddy. The other example I give that almost kind of mirrors it, Josh Primo 
Yeah. He got... He was, like, gone like that. Oh, I know. Or, like, the one time I actually give the NHL credit with how they handled something, sort of. Mitch Miller. Yeah. But, like, with that, they already had, like, everything they needed to know. Like, with that one, they had everything they needed to know. With this one, since the matter happened with Hockey Canada and the double IHF... The double IHF and That's Hockey like Canada is very, they're ve- Hockey Canada has been very vague with what's happened. It took the victim to come out and say something, but the NHL still doesn't deserve a break because they still have like, they've had months to figure out what's going on. They've yeah. done nothing. It wouldn't surprise me it's... if they if their plan was like non-existent. Yeah, and it's just, it bugs, like I said, it'll forever bug me as like a, as like a fan of sports and somebody who's worked in like, like who has been in media. I currently work in, you know, sports media with uh, Duquesne right now. And I like, I think about this stuff because it's like, what happens if it does happen to a player? You know, I like to think that Duquesne has a good way of handling things because they took care of what it is. But yeah. I also know school is different than professional sports. But that also bugged me at the same time because it's like, I know Duquesne has a probably a well-put-down plan of action if something happens with an athlete, like, just speculating, obviously. Whoa. If something were to happen with Duquesne, as Duquesne athlete, and they get in trouble, and they get kicked off, whether if it's betting, sexual assault, or anything along those lines. To yeah. a degree. I, I would believe so. <laughs> but, like I said, I could be wrong. But I'm You're going more on this benefit of the doubt than I'm willing to. But yes, but even in that, like we're, this is a college university where it's like the team is going to be a lot smaller, maybe more in house, especially since President Gormley is a lawyer. You know, in the case of the, the professional leagues, you have you are multi billion dollar franchises with any resource out there in a heartbeat. You have lawyer, like you can call up any lawyer firm in all of America. You can call up any lawyer firm. Hell, you can even call up any lawyer firm in the world, and they probably find a way to get to the NHL in some way, shape, or form, yeah. or the NBA, or the NFL, or the MLB, or MLS, or anything. And the ML and the and the NHL does not take these actions into consideration, or don't think to, until crap hits the fan, and they're caught with an issue that never got. Jumped on, and I, I, I yeah. preached this on the show, and it it, it 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 burns me so much inside. This wasn't something that needed to get to the issue it got to. Now you no, stated it, it happened in 2018. How long of a gap is that? So what uh, we're saying 2024. So we're That's almost six years. Six yeah. years. Even if the information never came out to let's say COVID, I'm doing. I'm giving just hypotheticals. Yeah. Here. Yeah. Let's see the information came out during COVID. Because I think it probably came out probably beforehand. What? Likely. The like, 2018 information? Yes. It came out six months ago. Oh, it just came out six months ago. Six months ago. But there was probably some... Well, I don't know. I'm trying to think of, like, how soon they would have gotten it. Like, how What, long? the NHL? Yes. I think the NHL themselves... Would have known at least a few years after the, the fact. The organizations that had the players on them probably knew about a year ago. If I had to guess. The information has been public for about six months. I believe the NHL had it 
So for at least a year. Let's just say a year then. You know what? Let's say a year. That's still a long time to deal with this because it wasn't yeah. something that needed to get put into this big of an issue where investigative journalism had to basically come in and drag this issue out into the limelight. This was something that could have gotten jumped on when all yep. this stuff came out, and it just didn't do it. The The big definition I highlight for people is that this was something that was considered an issue. It was an issue. It's a serious issue. So I want people to know that. An issue versus a crisis is two completely different things. An issue is something that can cause a long-term crisis if not jumped on and handled. Yeah. But if you jump on and handle it, hence why we highlighted Josh Giddy, Josh Primo. It oh, doesn't the Josh Giddy thing was a crisis. It was a crisis. But this is this honestly has become a crisis. This became a crisis because it was poorly handled. Yeah. Josh Giddy became a crisis because... It, it was, it was very, very bad. It was insanely bad. That's a crisis because of the action that was committed. This is a crisis because, not just because the action that was committed, but this was something that could have been dealt with beforehand you and didn't. You very easily could have, the second you knew that there was a problem with this 2018 World Junior Team, Um, I'm going to say something. People can agree with it or disagree with it. I don't think... Any member of the 2018 World Junior Championship team for Team Canada should have seen NHL ice until this was resolved. I don't think a single one of them should. I think you need to go through this, do due diligence, make sure the people that are involved are punished properly, and the people that aren't, you go through the interview process. If you are found that you weren't involved, you can resume playing. I don't think a single one of them should have seen the ice because throughout this process, you mean to tell me the London Police Department didn't go through, interview each and every single one of them, and figure out, okay, it's you five, the rest of you can resume going to work, can resume your life, the rest of you guys were going to have to sit down and let the legal process do its thing. Mm-hmm. I think that's how the NHL should have handled this, but instead, like they always seem to do, they sweep it under the rug until they're called out for it. Yeah, and it's something that will just forever bug me with this league. It's like this with, it's been like this with every issue. It's been like this with the Coyotes, you know, stadium issue. It happened with um, the terrible culture that was going around when, um, oh my goodness, who was the last guy who ran, who was a GM and ran him into the ground. John oh, Chaka. yeah, John Chaka. When John Chaka ran all that crap and made a horrible workplace culture and did all the crap with the yeah. scouting, with the, ba- with the bad scouting, and looked at players topless or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Some weird stuff like that. Like, just stuff that just doesn't make sense. But along with the fact that they shouldn't have been doing that to begin with. Yeah. And all of that, like, from those situations to the Kyle Beach situation to, you know, this one and Nachuchkin and all these things are things where the issues run deeper they run than way just deep. they run way deeper than just past the players. Yep. It runs deeper than the than the teams. It runs all the way to the sport of hockey itself. It's and the people that are in charge. It's the same thing with this because if the people that were in charge actually cared those players would not have seen a minute of NHL ice. They wouldn't have, but they don't care. Yeah, it's it's frustrating. Yeah. But with that, I think we should jump 
to the next topic. Um, that it's a, it's a heavy topic. Um, whenever we know more, like if we for certain know more, like the resolution of this, we will update you. We'll update you guys. Um, as for further reports for this, um, we're going to let the legal system do their thing, and we'll update you guys later. Yes. Um, all right. So. Next topic is going to be one that I've honestly enjoyed. It's a much happier topic than the previous one. The next topic is going to be the PWHL, the Professional Women's Hockey League. I've personally been watching it a lot lately. I've been watching it since the first game happened between Toronto and New York. You may be wondering, Jimmy, which team are you cheering for? I'm cheering for the Toronto team. And you may be wondering, Jimmy, how is Toronto doing? Well, you see, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> they're in last. That's not, that's not what this is about. That's not what this is about. I just looked, by the way. That's they, not what this is about. They're currently 1-1-5. Uh, 1-1-5. One, one f- one, one and 1-5-1. One, five and 1-5-1. One. One, okay. Anyways. So... I want to talk about this league because I've been thoroughly enjoying it. Not like, not only because I think the rules are fascinating, but I just think the quality of play has been really, really good. I was used to watching um, like the Team USA team and the Team Canada team battle it out in like the rivalry series and in the Olympics, mm-hmm. but. This league is the real deal because it's best on best and it's not by nationality. Like, you can build a team that has, like, actual chemistry together, like, women that come from all around the world together, like, build a team just like the NHL. I sincerely hope that they get NHLPA support, that they get NHL support, because I think the sport in general has something with this league because... You have the best players in the world all playing for it. You have college athletes wanting to make the jump over to the PWHL. Like, the first overall pick, Taylor Heiss, has been... She scored one of the best goals I've personally ever seen. It was like a spinorama crazy shot, like, top shelf. Um, It's insane. And then Marie-Philippe Poland doing her thing. She's the best female hockey player in the world like no one can tell me otherwise but in terms of like stats updates like the the, first off when the i watched the first game between new york and toronto the goaltender for new york her name is corinne her name is corinne schroeder she is absolutely insane so in eight games i think it's eight games six games played she has a .949 save percentage. .949. And that is second place in the league, by the way. That's not even the best save percentage. Elaine Chalie has a .962 for Montreal. Montreal is currently sitting at the top of the standings. Uh, they are 4-1-1 one, one with 13 points. Um... They've been really good. Minnesota is right behind them. They have they are also four one and one. Well, Montreal's four four one and two because they have one extra game played. Boston's been pretty good too. Hillary Knight, who is my personal favorite um, women's hockey player, 
Um, they are three and two. Hillary Knight's been playing really good there as well. Um, PWHL Ottawa's two one and two with eight points. PWHL New York is three and three with eight points, and Toronto is uh, two and five. <laughs> of course, but a- anyways, um, really, what I have to say about this league is that it's great. Um, it is very accessible to watch. Um, all of their games in the United States, at least, are streamed for free on YouTube. Like, they're really great. You should check out the PWHL's YouTube channel at PWHL. Their socials have been really good. They're really interactive with fans. Um, as for team names, I saw they filed a couple of trademarks for team names. They were originally going to go with them, but they fell through. So right now they're just going by their city names. Those will change, though. Mm-hmm. They will get proper team names. They'll get proper jerseys. Like, I know all of them, like, one of the gripes now is that all of them are the same. They all match. Don't worry. That's probably only for, like, a year or two. Like, they'll be fine. The best atmosphere, in my opinion, for this league, Minnesota plays at Excel Energy Center, which is worth wild play. Really? And they don't. They don't. They haven't made every seat in the arena available to the public. So, like the upper bowl is closed off to the public for now. Makes they're sense. gonna. They're gonna end up opening up when demand gets higher, which it's been pretty high. All of their games have been sellouts, but they sell out the club section and the lower bowl every single game. They've sold. A, they've sold out every single game. Like that arena to me. It's it's the best. Like I hope the rest of these teams can get like into at least the AHL buildings because I think their demand is going to grow and grow when they have more household names come up. Like, there are a lot of college players I think will come up. Um, Who else do I want to highlight here? Because there are a lot of good players. Like, Sarah Nurse on Toronto has been very good. I already mentioned Malie Philippe-Poulin. Jesse Eldridge has been really good for New York. Ottawa, like, I think Ottawa had the... Highest selling, like the highest selling game and highest attendance for a female sporting event in Canada for them. And Minnesota broke the record for the highest attended female sporting event for anything. Yeah. It's, Minnesota's crazy. Dang. Minnesota's definitely Hockey City. and Oh, yeah, without question. Like the three places they chose for America... For hockey was really all good amazing art. All amazing markets. You have New York City, which obviously it's New York City. You're going to get a ton. Yeah, it's the biggest city in America. Ironically, New York plays in Connecticut right now. <laughs> they play in Hartford right now because they're having a facility built for them. It's it's Hartford. a whole thing, but That's yeah, they're, they're playing in Connecticut. But which you is know, it's funny. a big like even Hartford. You got you're going to get a yeah. lot of people coming there because mm-hmm. they used to have an NHL team. Which actually, I think that's a smart decision yeah. from them playing there. You have Boston, in which. Come on now. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's all I have to say. Come I'm on shocked now. Boston isn't in first in this league, too, because they have everything good. <laughs> and then Minnesota, which is literally hockey central State outside of, of hockey. Like Detroit. Like, outside of Detroit, that's like the other main place in America for hockey. State which, of hockey. And then, obviously, Canada. I mean, you can't really yeah, put them in a can't terrible miss, spot. You can't miss with Canada. And you and you put, you put picked Ottawa, Toronto, and Montreal. I mean, yep. that's all I have to say. Fantastic markets, all three of them. So, so they're also talking about expanding 
to six more teams. I'm curious to where you think they should put the next six teams. Should we speculate it like it'd be three and three, you think? Or would it be more America, you, th- you would um, believe? We can go three and three. Do Name whatever cities you want. All right. Um, going, the first one I'll say for Canada, right off the gate, Vancouver. But yeah, I agree. I know that's going to be a tough one, though, is the only issue. Because Vancouver's like on the West Coast, ain't it? Yeah. And I know travel is painful. Yeah. If you're going to do that, you definitely need to add like a couple more cities out West. So it got to like, be like not... a whole like Western market. Yeah. So that's yeah. like... The only issue for me is I don't know a ton of cities in like Eastern Canada. I mean, obviously Quebec. is They like have the most of them one. covered. Like Halifax is there. They have yeah, you a, put a junior Quebec. team. Quebec City is a good option. Yeah. Quebec City would be the main place I would say on the east side of Canada. If we're gonna go middle, honestly, one I'm surprised isn't been produced yet. Uh, given the fact that you talk, we talk about Minnesota, Winnipeg. Yeah. Except Winnipeg doesn't have an airport, but you know it's fine. You can figure Their it out. team name is the Jets, but they don't have an airport. <laughs> so I would say if I would look at three places: Quebec City, Winnipeg, and Vancouver would be my yeah. main three. And if we're looking at Western markets um, throughout the U.S., like I guess that's what I meant. If yeah. we're looking at markets throughout the United States, is what I meant. I would say Milwaukee. That's that's a good idea. Milwaukee was is one for me. This one's only because of Vancouver for me. Seattle. I think yeah, Seattle could Seattle get, can do good. If, especially with they're getting a lot of good attendance at the cracking games for the most part when they're not disappointing yeah. their fans. Um <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh and all around I think that's just a great place where you can get a lot of interest in like hockey overall. And then the third one I'm a little iffy on this one. I feel like it, I'm between these two. I'm going to throw out and say Chicago. Yeah, I agree with that. I was between that and Detroit. They're one of the ones on my radar. Them and Detroit are like the two main places. I think Chicago's got the the better chance of succeeding yeah. because of all, the, of all the sports that are currently around. And I think the overall better infrastructure in the city yeah. over Detroit given the fact they still haven't really had much success in the city since, like, the motor industry died. Whereas Chicago, they have, like, enough sustained success to be fine. So that's my thoughts. If I were to list six places, so to just recap for everybody, uh, Quebec City, Winnipeg, Vancouver, Seattle, Chicago, and Milwaukee. I agree with that. Um, For me personally... There are a couple of places that I think that would be successful. Um, I'm going to keep a lot of them towards the east right now, just to keep them close together so they can... Because I think they should build from the east out west for me because a lot of their teams are in the east right now. So they could yeah. say like, that line with Minnesota like right there. That's fair. So for me i would put a team in halifax because i think halifax would support a team very very heavily now humor me i'm not the smartest person halifax in nova scotia it's eastern canada far okay. east canada um are we talking real east okay halifax i'd put a team there i would put a team in philly because Ooh. philly is crazy about hockey I would put a team here in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, really? I would put a team here in Pittsburgh. I think it has a chance. I think they have a chance I, to support a team. You know what? I agree with that one actually yeah. for one big reason. 
I've seen the hockey market in Pittsburgh. Yep. And honestly, it's up there with the Steelers for being like an insanely passionate fan base. I I would for sure put one in Philly and Pittsburgh. Like you could have a rivalry start brewing there. Like I would also put a team in Quebec City because they've proven that they can support a team. Because oh. they have a bunch of junior teams and minor league teams there that all get supported in like an NHL size arena. So I think having a professional women's team there would be fantastic. I would put a team in Chicago because it has a very large market and they support the Blackhawks pretty well. Makes sense the with the other one. Six. The other one is kind of a shot in the dark. Is it in Canada or is it in America? It is in the U.S. Okay. Um, I'm going to see if I can try and figure it out. It's a shot in the dark. Is it on the East Coast? It is. It, it was in the East. Is it towards the... Is it on the Atlantic Ocean? Or near the Atlantic Ocean? Mm-hmm. Kind of. Like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Is it a it's smaller not go- state? It's not going to be what you think. Is it a smaller state? Decent sized. Okay, it's in the south. Decent. Oh. Okay, you got me interested in that. It's in the south. Are you thinking Charlotte? No, but you're close. A little further west. A little further west? Uh-huh. Atlanta? Nashville. Oh. I would put a women's team in Nashville. You know what? I put a women's team in Nashville. I can see that. And honestly, and here's why. Because the Preds have been booming popular. The Preds have been booming popular. You have, like, it's, that's a big city with a lot of, uh-huh. and their infrastructure continues to get better. They're one, like, them, them, Charlotte, I think even Salt Lake City's in this list. Um, they're cities with fantastic infrastructure yep. that's getting better. Indianapolis actually is another one, I think, as well. I think they have a chance, too. I was torn between the the, the last team. I had, like, three cities that I thought about. Like, Milwaukee that's I thought about. Nashville I thought about. I thought about Indianapolis. Nashville, Charlotte I Charlotte like. was on there, too. I like Nashville as well because it, like, it almost, in a way, like, I know, she, like, if you were to put Chicago as one, I think that's where, like, the heart of that would lie. Yeah. Because that's, like, the middle area, kind of. Yeah. Sort of. But if you were to do Nashville, that's the heart right there. And I think I, that's a fantastic decision. Because I think a lot of the cities we named are, like, towards the north. But if you want to start, because it opens the door to further expansion. Because if you put a team in a non-traditional hockey market... Especially with the Predator support, if you have that, like, hey. Which you would definitely get. You would have Just, you would have more young women want to pick up the sport and you'd have people come you'd have people come from like the southern states pick up a hockey stick for the first time. Grow the sport even more. Awesome. It wouldn't be it wouldn't be just young women, it'd be young men too. Because of watching um watching football from people like players who come from the south. Like, it's no offense. It sounds harsh saying this, but there, there are some crazy big people. I know from the south. Like, I know. Just, like you guys are built different than like us from like past the um. What was the what was the old line that used to be like back in American history? 
the um oh my oh the Mason Dixon line yeah it's Mason Dixon yeah the line. Mason Dixon line anything like south of that and it's like whoa I, I would say like south of Virginia is like a whole yeah. new world but like with my my point with Nashville just I want to see them try. I want to see them trying a non-traditional hockey market to get more people invested into the sport because I think that's... I think they should try to succeed where the NHL is failing. Yeah. And it will give more opportunities. Like, especially if they end up working together, I think it'll be just good for the sport in general. Also, just this is just a personal thing. Shout out to the PWHL. I love their logo, actually. I know it it's is great. Same amount more than the also NHL. PWHL. If you need uh, like promo work or anything, uh, hey, please contact hire. me. Please, no, I'm kidding. Hire me. I'm, I, you know what? I, I'll do this. Please hire right. me. I'm looking for work. I work in social media <laughs> and sports. Sports information. You need any help or any biography? Please reach out. This is this is a desperate uh, please, promotion. Please, I here. love your league. Let me work with it. <laughs> I need money. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> God, I'm kidding. <laughs> But, no, I don't see though. It is something, like, stuff like that in the XFL, stuff like that I love looking at because it it's fun to, to like, see and branch out from, like, the original four where I think at points where big professional leagues can get complacent, a bit stagnant, especially when, I mean, and I mean this in the nicest way possible, sports and business as a whole in America does the best. When there is a level of competition around your around yeah. you as peers, yep, not as threats, but as peers, exactly. And I think if you see it with stuff like the X, it, that's where I'm curious if the UFL does a good job this year, manages their money right, does good promotion. Which, given the fact the Rock is a solid promoter to a degree, I think it's very well possible. Although some decisions I was a little skeptical on, but I do like overall how they've handled a lot of it. I think this has the that has the ability to succeed the same way the PWHL does. Yeah. And that's where I'm curious because reasons like the NBA don't have to care is because no offense, and I'm saying this as nice as possible. Oh the WNBA <laughs> don't help their case because they try to run their league like it's the NBA. Yes. Whereas like this is trying to be something original. Yeah. The UFL is trying to do something original. The WNBA is just saying, here's basketball, but we have women. Like from what I see, that sounds with, harsh. Yeah, I'm, I'm throwing it out as a place yeah. of honesty for like, they 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 keep the height of the of basketball the same. That's my main gripe with the league because I, for me, and like this is coming from this is like an opinion of a guy. So like yes. I'm this is not coming from two men. I'm not like I'm super not like the voice of this. Yeah. But for me, what I care about, at least as a viewer, I more care about the quality of play versus whether or not they're playing like with the same rules and the same exact everything. Yes. Like for me, I think the WNBA would be way more entertaining if they lowered the rim, because you'd see like highlight reel dunks, you'd see alley oops, you'd see more threes, you'd see more points. I guess like a great comparison for me right now, and I'm just gonna quickly talk about this with, with basketball, and then we'll end it up with like some hockey. Yeah. Because, like, in hockey, I've at least seen it when I've watched it. The men and women are actually relatively similar up into, like, like professional. Yeah. And then there's, like, a, a difference in There's like a big disparity between difference. college and professionals. Yes. 
like in college, it's actually decently similar to a degree for like yeah. sizes and stuff like that. Yeah, basketball is the only sport. Yes, because even softball is like relatively similar yeah. to a professional and yeah. professional because you get like eighteen year olds in baseball. But in basketball, in college, there is a significant difference because I watch it with Duquesne, and both teams are insanely talented and insanely fun to watch. But the average height for the woman on the Duquesne team, I think, is around six two, six one, six three, or something like that. And then the average height for like the men's team, this is with Kareem, who's like a pretty small guy. Yeah, is like six foot five or yep. six foot seven, like yeah. around that range. That's a big difference. And folks, if you've ever tried to dunk a basketball, I can't dunk a basketball. I can't even get halfway there. I can barely touch the rim on a basketball net. Like, without a basketball in my hands, folks, I can't. I would never come close to dunking. And yeah. so, just little changes like that. And that's what the women's hockey league, the professional women's hockey league is doing yeah. so well. And that the UFL is doing so well that the NFL is not. And what NHL is not. And that's where I think if you put yourself with an original identity, a brand, that's what. That's why I like. That's why I mess with the logo yeah. so much. And like just how they handle because it wasn't just stuff. a shield; it was like an actual like thought about like logo. Yes, like I even noticed that there's a hockey puck in the middle, signifying yeah. like the bottom part of the W. It's so sick. yeah, and all of that just puts together this original thought of like like caring about hockey to yeah. wrap it up in like a nice neat bow for yeah. me is like this is. If they keep running out good ideas like this, and I've seen their promotions, they've done a good job. Yeah, with a lot like of they're their not promotions. afraid. The the main thing, like especially with me, they're not afraid to promote themselves. They're not afraid to like change the rules to how their players want to play. It's been great. Like they're not. They're honestly not afraid to fail. Yeah, which is great. Like a great. I, that, and that's. I think that's the exact reason why they won't. And I'll, we won't be able to show this to anybody outside of you. Um, here is a tweet. They they retweet like everything that the six teams do, which I oh, really yeah. appreciate. Uh, this was from PWHL Toronto. Um, this was fantastic. Oh yeah, the, the mullet. Quote, it's the mullet is mulleting. It's with yeah. uh, Carly uh, Carly Jackson. Yeah, and I I just think that's incredible. I think yeah. that post was incredible for me. It's they're, subtle. They've been great, but it's so well done. Yes. I'm looking forward to see where they go from here because I think they've been on an incredible start. And on that note, you guys get an extra long episode. You do. Oh, whoa. Um, oh, yeah. We are... Oh, we, I know, we should announce our schedule before we go. So Yes. We are going to be back. It is going to be Fridays, most of the time, starting at 5.30. It's going to be between 5.30 and 6 for live shows. Yes. Um... Our our podcast, like on Spotify and Apple Music, are going to be uploaded very quickly after we get done. If I had to guess, they'll go live like 9 p.m. Eastern for Spotify and Apple Music. Um, yes. We'll send tweets out. We will make sure that they, were, that they are available the morning after we record them, which is business as usual. Like, that's yes. not going to change, but... Fridays at 5.30 are going to be the norm. So with that, thank you guys all for tuning in. Thank you for bearing with us for the long absences. We're going to get better. Um, School happens. I think we finally got a relatively... Our schedules are a little lighter now. Our 
brains are not as fried as before yeah, <laughs> from school. Yeah, except it's like three <laughs> weeks in, so give it some time. <laughs> give it some time, but it's this is a lighter semester for us to enjoy yeah, ourselves a little yeah. more. So this is something that we're looking forward to getting with, getting rolling for you guys, because you guys have lost so much support, so much love from us. Like, for us, you guys just have been there for all the all the good, bad, and ugly for us for, as hockey fans. Um, watching both of our teams get eliminated, watching Jimmy Sanity go down the toilet sometimes, yeah, yeah. watching his team. But Just wait until April. You guys May. you guys leave all the love and support in the world, so we really greatly appreciate that from the bottom of our heart, and I, it, I don't think from either of us we can begin to thank you enough. Yep. I couldn't agree more. So with that, we will see you guys next week. Take care of yourselves. Have a good weekend. Have a good week. Take care.